Welcome, everybody, to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, a.k.a. Wolf, and with me, as always, is my amigo, Sal. How's Sal. it going, everybody? Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> we, uh, we, have a, we have a special today. We have a guest. Uh, he has his own show called The Venomous Fringe. His name is Chris Edge. Chris Edge. He's, yeah, he's living on the edge. Definitely. And he's going to be on our show, and we're going to be talking some Dogman. Okay, so Chris, Chris is on the air with us. Chris, um, are you there? Yes, sir. Yeah, so we, we, we've been talking about, about some different things, and of course I started the uh, Paranormal Roundtable, and you've been, a, you've been a big supporter of it, and I, and I really appreciate it. And I'm also a fan of your work on Venomous Fringe. Uh, anybody that knows Chris has a show that's pretty successful, and I knew that you, it would be. Ditto and, uh, on that, for yeah. Me. Ditto on that, man. You got you got a good thing going there. Yeah, Keep it absolutely. up, brother. So, what what I was gonna say is like tonight we brought you on so that you could talk some dog man, and we we do we are probably going to do this again a, a couple more times because I would like your opinions about some other things, like we said, not just the dog man, but like other cryptids. But for tonight, for this episode, we myself and and Sal just want to hear you talk about your dog man uh, what you want to talk about dog man and I, and I don't mean like we're going to ask you a bunch of questions just give us what give us the scoop on what you think is going on with this cryptid and and any stories that you want to tell and you have the floor well first and foremost I want to thank you both for the kind words and the compliments towards the venomous fringe as well as I want to thank everyone who is listening in tonight as well as you guys and I mean personally you know I, I the paranormal roundtable is a very creative idea it's a good concept too because I noticed that with a lot of people who end up on Vic's show they end up doing their own side uh, work and in this case the paranormal roundtable the work of Josh Turner and his team i mean i gotta be honest i mean you i've listened to all your episodes so far and i will say that you guys have a great style you have a good presentation towards uh the the whole concept of what paranormal is and in general cryptid discussions and i mean you guys are reading stories and just discussing opinion and theory and it's very good very good content i really praise it and i just want to say you guys are doing a fantastic job as well so please i mean keep up the great work on that um but for me uh, Dogman. Now, Dogman is a very interesting topic because for some people out there who aren't familiar with my work and as what Josh has mentioned with the Venomous Fringe and whatnot, uh, the name Chris Edge is what we coin. And uh, I've been doing this for nearly over a decade. I've only been researching for approximately half a decade. I started as an enthusiast while reading some of Linda Godfrey's work and then proceeded to listen to several podcasts and radio shows in reference to this topic. And a long story short, in the past five years, I've come across many people who are familiar with the Facebook groups and other eyewitnesses and researchers out there who've come accordingly to this field, as well as also taking notes and since then have followed my own research. Now, the term of the dogman, if some people out there who are kind of curious or familiar with what, what I normally do is on my show, for example, we discussed last week, guys, the briefing of, on my episode when I interviewed you guys was we talked about how there could be a different name for these creatures, how a dogman cannot be an appropriate term. Now, I actually turned to the audience um, and I spoke to the community 
for a brief period and, and asked, like, would dogman be an appropriate term? Do you call one of these things? And the results that came out of it, a lot of people, and it's, it's, it's intriguing to me, was they preferred – it was a tie between werewolf and manwolf. And the reason why I bring this up, because it's, it's a little – we're going a little off tracks here. I do apologize. Is because a lot of people, when they find the source of this cryptid, is – we're dealing with something here that could easily have it has a has a relationship in the canine branch, but it seems that Dogman might be too much of a of a of a goof name for some. But personally, Dogman is is a name that's been coined to call for one of these things. But for Manwolf, I say that Werewolf and Dogman are two different creatures of their own sense. But other than that, though. When we're talking dogman, I just wanted to throw it out there with uh, how many people feel with the term of dogman. Plus, you know, man wolf seems to be a very good term for them as well. I know we talked about it briefly on my show, but uh, yeah, I mean, the thing with dogman is is that I feel that for a creature that you're dealing with is. I have the opportunity sometimes and when I talk in some of the groups and when I proceed to do something on my show, I like to do these <clears throat> excuse me, these Q and A's, these these certain talks that I have in interacting with people who follow my content. And the reason why I do that is because I ask for the community's feedback in a sense. And when I talk with dogmen, there's so many theories, there's so many opinions that for a lot of individuals out there this is still a relatively brand new creature to so many. You think of when we think of dogmen, you would assume that you're dealing automatically with a werewolf. And I would 99% agree with you that that's the perfect way to start off when you start talking about one of these things. Because it's such a taboo type thing when these creatures, for what they are, it's a tough pill to swallow. It really is. It truly you know, I, I've sat down with eyewitnesses who have told me their fair share of stories. And one of the stories I, I have permission to share with you guys is a story that I had told on Vic's show, but I'll give you guys a runner up to it because there is a follow up to it. That's something I didn't mention on Vic's show. Awesome. Lay, lay it on us, brother. And this was a story that I had collected from someone who I know. And this individual is a normal average day hiker. He he's never left the house <laughs> to ever say, even in the rain. And he said, I'll never go out and hike. Even if it's on a rainy day, he's always went out and hiked. So this is an average day hiker. He's, he's in your normal hat woods left and right. And this, this occurrence happened in November of 2016. Now what happened was, was that this guy was in the pine barrens and he was with another friend. And for some people out there who aren't familiar, real quick, not to get off subject, but the Pine Barrens is a very notorious piece of, of land. It's it's in, it's located in South New Jersey, Southern Jersey. It's a very very um, well known hotspot for paranormal and mysterious activity, from Satanist cults to um, possible sources of weird phenomenon of paranormal demons ghosts and the jersey devil so this place is filled with a lot of phenomenon it's just not your average day area or resort so anyways the he goes they're camping in the woods and they are at the campfire and there's a lot of rustling going on in in the bushes down up ahead and 
the thing is, is that when you're in the Pine Barrens, there's certain small campgrounds that you don't have to necessarily like rent anywhere or you have to put any fees down because I know some places do that, but there's some small grounds and then some people just camp on their own and don't even bother. And they, they were somewhere close to where there was a lot of like trees. And this is, mind you, this is early, close to winter, or like mid fall. So Around this time, wind is blowing and everything is just blooming at this point in time. So these guys are going out and they proceed to – they hear this rustle. and But this rustle is very violent. So at first, they thought it was maybe an animal gotten stuck because there were reports of deer around the environment. And they uh, get up, get their searchlights and proceed to walk around. This is around close to midnight, so you got to remember too. You know, when you're when you're out and about like this, you never want to go to bed unless you go to bed real late, unless you're out and about early in the highs of morning, depending on how you see it. But these guys weren't out hunting; they were just doing a different normal camping, just enjoying the, and the peace and quiet. So they walk; they're going north where this rustles heard, and the rustling and in the. In the uh, Twig in the, in the trees and everything, it stops. And then they didn't say they heard any footprints or anything. They didn't hear no footprints. They didn't hear any footsteps. And they just keep walking. They keep going straight. And then next thing you know, my this one individual proceeds to shine his flashlight into a couple bunch of branches and, and sees these glowing amber eyes just looking right at him. And from his height to this creature's height, it was approximately an extra – it was literally close to him saying seven to eight feet tall. So, And this guy's 5'11". So there's a height difference big right there, and he was able to see this. And he didn't get a good look at the body. He was mostly looking at the face, and the face, as he recalls, looked like something you'd see in hell. Now – they both darted. They went. They turned around and just head straight toward the campsite. They didn't even bother to pick up some of the supplies. They left a couple things there. There was a water jugs there. There was a couple coolers, and um, they left a mirror there. They used the mirror for shaving in the morning and whatnot. But they just took whatever they could take. They got into the pickup and just bolted out of the site and. It wasn't until I started doing this stuff is when uh, – stuff by me by, by podcasting. It wasn't until then that my friend had noticed – and this is this individual. And he had noticed that I had a sketch of the LBL Beast, which is the infamous Barton Nunnally sketch that some might be familiar with. If not, it's a very good sketch. And he had seen it and he was a little upset about it because – it looked like something that he'd seen before. And I had talked to him for a little bit and I had said to him, I was like, listen, you know, whatever it is, just be honest with me. And I, I'm, I'm very straightforward with that kind of stuff. And, you know, he, he had admitted to me what he had seen and he was, it, it messed him up because personally he felt very uncomfortable talking about it because of the fact that he had to explain this, but also in a sense that wasn't for something that was traumatic to see, and this is where you get that few seconds of PTSD that enters into the shrine. You know, this is kind of where that comes from. And I wouldn't say necessarily that it was an experience that easily he would never would have imagined would happen, but did. And he was up, it was broken about it. And he had, this is something that he had changed his lifestyle around. He 
hiked now with groups of people versus alone or with a couple. And he refuses really to camp as much anymore, but still goes out hiking. And I had invited him back out to the Barrens last year because I wanted to take a good look at this place and see for myself where exactly this incident took place. The problem was, was that when when I had brought this up to him, he was very shrunken about it. He was still traumatized. And this was going on two years uh, last year. And it took a lot to talk to him. We brought a group of people out. We all went. And the environment itself, like I, I felt this very cold type presence. And I've never talked about this before because for a show like Paranormal Roundtable, I think it'd be something great to talk about. And it was a very cold-like experience, and it was a very hot day. It was the summer, but I can feel in the environment I was in, I felt like a, a an, almost like a, a negative sense. And I don't know if it was because of what I was told about this place or if it was because I just don't know if it was just the facts that there was something there that was channeling my – maybe immune system and just made me feel sick to my stomach a little bit. And I proceeded to stay. We were there for about an hour and then we called it quits and we had went somewhere locally that was more into civilization. So this, the keep the day going, but that time there was very uncomfortable. I don't know if it was because of what I was told about it or there was something that knew we were there. And it's interesting because my other friend kind of felt the same way. So we were kind of so a couple of us felt like the same thing, but you know at the same time I knew what was going on because of what I was told, and no one else besides the other guy, my one friend, the individual who saw this thing knew. So that is the the short but very unnerving follow up to the story I, I talked about on episode one fifty three of this one individual who's one of my friends saw this thing in the Barrens and it traumatized him deeply. So, I mean, f for me, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's a, it's not the most exciting encounter, but it shows what, how the power and energy these things can manifest. Yeah. That. So let me get this straight. Like you, you went to the same spot where, this 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 person had had the encounter the same area yeah, yeah. and you We're felt something almost spot. i'm sorry for talking over you but you you felt something almost like it was like a darkness like an like evil i wouldn't say it was a darkness it just felt like a very unnerving feeling and maybe maybe it is i maybe i don't want to admit it was a darkness because i've never had that experience before and, and maybe it could be sort of being in denial but it just felt because, you know, when you get nauseous, like, you know, you you feel like you're going to vomit. You feel like that was how I felt when I was there after only a couple minutes in. And I, I laid, I was re relaxing a little bit. I, I, I laid up by a tree and I was just, you know, taking it easy. So, I mean, but still, I, I, that was what I felt. It was just a very tempting case of like nausea almost. I was thinking about that as far as feeling that feeling you know a lot of people that have reported encounters with uh in this case i'm gonna say man wolf because like dog man just doesn't really do the do it justice because dog implies you know a domesticated canine whereas wolf 
you know, man wolf does not imply that because a wolf and a dog are two different stories when you look at them separately. They're cousins, but, you know, totally different. Anyways, many people have reported feeling that that kind of like a buzz or whatever, something just really getting at them in those areas. And, and you know, him already having that experience and you go back there, you know, you're going back there and you felt that. Some some may say psychosomatic, but to me, I don't think so. I would be inclined to to say something was probably there, something watching you, because we all have as human beings, we all have that, you know. So if somebody's staring staring at you, you feel like they're watching you. Yeah, you can feel it when they're looking at you. Yeah, yeah, and that I think that's probably what you experienced there, uh, Chris. What what about this? I wanted to propose this. There's a bridge, of course, we've talked about it, the Goatman Bridge up in Dallas. And since we talked about it on the show briefly, we did a little more research. Yeah. People people report feeling menaced just being on that bridge. And seconds before their encounter, they can feel like a predatory sense before that they see this thing. And I have heard that before with, with Dogman. There was a, a show I did with Vic, and I'm not going to get into a long thing or whatever, uh, but there were some people that were having problems in their house. Their house was haunted, and I talked about that. It was it was some people that lived not far from where, where I where I grew up, <clears throat> and I don't know if, you're, if you've ever heard the episode, Chris, and I actually couldn't even tell you which one it was. It might have been 169 or 186. I don't know, but I talked about it on Vic's show, and I, and I did some investigating on that case. And the child was seeing a shadow man, but he was also seeing a uh, wolf, you know, a, a, a canine cryptid creature on two legs that was coming up to the window. And he would see this wolf man, you know, but he was also seeing the shadow man in the house. And of course, this wolf man was stalking around the property. Now, since that case, since I actually did that show, I actually got more information about that case. And actually me and you, uh, Sal have talked about that in depth. And the the guy admitted that he lied. Like he had actually seen the creature once before and he had actually lied to his wife. And I found out because I'm good friends with that guy's brother. And uh, so he told me, he says, yeah, he, he basically told him, you know, one day when they were working, you know, whatever that he didn't want to scare his wife. So he had seen it almost when they first moved in which is something that I didn't know when I first presented that case on Vic's show on Dogman Encounters. And so now that I've looked back at that case, I'm planning, of course, like like a million other cases, going back and doing more in-depth storying about it, you know, on our show. But the odd thing was is that he always said he he never felt like he was alone, you know, like when he was on the property. And when you talk about feeling cold and feeling like there was a presence of evil – that one time when they had bailed some hay, you know, that he was feeling like there was something stalking around um, the property. He couldn't see it, but he felt it. And he said that he felt like at, 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 some, at some point, you know, he, in the day, he would feel almost ill to his stomach or sick. And then he would get that feeling of dread that just would not go away. And that's what he has told me since I've talked to him since that the, the case, you know, has developed a little more and he he has he himself has opened up more not just his wife but he was telling me that he would get that that sense and then before he or his wife would have an encounter with either the 
spiritual spiritual entities, spiritual entities in the house or with this wolf man creature that they would have that feeling of dread. And then of course I talked about that, I think in Vic's show on two forty eight, I believe um, there was a, a friend of mine that they, 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 she lived in Waco. And when we began to talk on the way over there about this house that she lived in, there was a spirit entity that would sometimes appear as a clown looking entity, not with the big red nose and, you know, and whatever, but it had like big feet and it wore a weird looking like like a shirt like a suit looking that almost looked like a like kind of clownish to the child and whenever they would see this this uh, wolf like entity they saw it crawling around in the carport and that it 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 would trigger like this this you know fight or flight sense in these people and they would they would disc- they would talk about feeling cold in the house a sense of dread, sickness to the stomach, almost nausea. She said one time that when she actually got sick, uh, her and her little brother got sick and they couldn't, they didn't know what was wrong with them. They went to the doctor. The doctor was like, well, it's some kind of stomach flu or stomach virus, whatever. But there was no, they couldn't tell them what, what it was. And it lingered. And that sometimes that, that, that they would feel this and then it, it went away, but then they would, they would relapse and they would get that illness dealing with this whatever presence was there was starting to make them uh ill. And so they started to put two and two together that they believed that it was these entities or entity that was doing it. And of course one of them was a wolf like creature. The funny thing was, just like the 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 situation I was dealing with where the the little child was seeing the wolf man in the window, the wolf like entity never came in the house. It just stalked around the outside of the property and this this other entity this shape shifting type entity or whatever was in the house and it tended to be like that so i i've kind of wondered oftentimes like is it the entity that was in the house was attracting the wolfman's attention was it were drawn they, to that were they working in tandem were they working in tandem or or as as i had someone propose a theory to me from the paranormal roundtable group they they private messaged me and we actually spoke about this a little bit the other day they were telling me that they thought that sometimes these entities, like maybe they come from a, the same sort of portal. Mm-hmm. And so maybe these wolfmen, they they are attracted to the portal or they're looking for it or coming from it. Yes. You know, as we have spoken before about the jinn and how they say that they have neighbors. Maybe these are their neighbors. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, because I, I've, I've only gotten one weird case about a cryptid beyond uh, the dog man goat man uh type whatever that was just so far out there and it was what looked to to for some from someone's perspective looked to be a centaur type entity oh and so that was very odd and that came out of Oklahoma oh that's really interesting yeah and and I've never I haven't talked about that so I haven't yeah. seen you in a few days so I yeah. got that one I was going <laughs> to tell you about but we could get into that on the next show. But anyway, just to now, you know, I guess we're digressing, as you say. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, like, let, this is what I'm telling you, though, Chris. Like, I totally get what you're saying about that because we have heard this before. This is something that has come up more than a couple times. And I could go into more, but I'm not here to do that. Like I said, I just wanted to get that out there so to, to, to make you know and feel um, assured that this does happen. It yeah, is. You're there not is alone. a connection. You're not alone. And and I do disagree with some of the shows and some of the – I understand that several of the groups out there that I belong to, um, the Dogman groups and whatnot, that they do 
they did they try to separate the the supernatural from this creature but i don't you know the more i the more i learn about it and the more i study it i don't really think you can do that i think that there is too much of a supernatural element to all of this i know that they say bigfoot is a living flesh and blood creature and a lot of squatchers will be uh straight up about that's just a flesh and blood creature well i think that it is when it's on our plane of existence but I think that the, the, the Sasquatch, just like the Dogman and the Goatman and all these other things, I think that they move in and out of our existence. Let me let me just say this, because I had spoken to another YouTuber by the name of Abnormal Truth. Uh, he, I had spoken to him briefly yesterday about, well, at the time of this airing, uh, the 29th, and we were talking about how dogmen and werewolves that these creatures do have supernatural abilities now i'm someone who always tries to stay between dogmen being flesh and blood and werewolves being supernatural but werewolves do you i would think could these be werewolves that in many cases report scenario of them being aggressive and possessing supernatural abilities and could dogmen be actual flesh and blood creatures, but not as on the same par with what a werewolf can do, such as possess a supernatural ability to survive or something that is completely abnormal to our normal human equivalents. Well, I, if, if I may interject on that one, absolutely, uh, please, Chris, please. Um, speaking about the paranormal aspect versus the flesh and blood aspect, for lack of better words, Dogman, a.k.a. man-wolf, whatever you want to call them. One thing, Vic said it many times in, in his shows, and he talks in all of his guests that he's talked to about how the dogman stays in that form. That is his form permanently on this plane of existence. When you think of werewolf, you think of transformation. That being the, the primary... Um, primary aspect or quality about them that they transform from a human to a werewolf. I was thinking about the um, little short video that was put out by DDoS from uh, the from the BDRP channel. And he posted a snippet about the Mangum, Oklahoma uh, werewolf girl story. That was really interesting because that involved supernatural elements within that story. And if you want to listen to it, folks, you can, you know, go to the BDRP channel, DDoS, and listen to it. You'll find it in there. I, I found some, you know, with that story, I found some really interesting points, of course, being that the story, to give you a short rundown, is this guy used to go to school with this girl. This girl was part of this family. It was kind of strange. Everybody knew who they were in town. They'd been there for a long time as a family. And, but they were kind of ordinary, but you know, not the greatest looking so long, so so on and so forth, but that this girl had unusual hair, back of her neck always wore uh, stuff like um, turtleneck sweaters, things like that, to hide a lot of the, a lot of her skin. And long story short, this person that told this story stated that one day, living out in the country, he goes down to the river messing around, and that he saw this particular girl. You know, and they were young teenagers, maybe 13, 14, around there. She was down at the river. He saw that she was there, and he saw that she was taking off her clothes. So, you know, he 
first saw her, got interested, you know, teenagers do that. And he watched her. She took off all her clothes and then she transformed. And later on down the line, the mother was with the girl at the local grocery store because it's a small town. And the mother saw him and she basically confronted him and took him off to the side and said, hey, now that you know our secret, basically, you know, need to keep it hush hush. So how true that story is, I don't know. But the key element was the transformation. And dogman portals, you know, there's still that unexplained aspect of it. They go in and out. They come to, I think when they come to our reality, they are bound. And this is the dogman that stays permanently in its form. You know, they're bound to our uh, physics laws. and laws of, 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 you know, the laws of physics and everything else that we have going on. So, but the supernatural aspect, I mean, you have ghosts that, you know, defy that logic. So is there a connection? Yeah, I would say that there is some type of a connection between the two, the werewolf and the dog, man. It's just the thing I guess most people, you know, struggle to, to I guess, reconcile is, is how much of the supernatural abilities do you put on the dog, man, versus the werewolf. That They both have a supernatural aspect, one more than the other, but I, I think they're tied. That there's a connection there, so I mean, it's this 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 whole dogman thing is really perplexing. The more you learn about it, the more the more questions the you more have. questions you have. Yeah, I have I have studied countless cases at this point, and I don't even I've never I've never even bothered to count, but I've heard so many people have told me so many stories, and I get more all the time. I mean, just since this show has been up the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a bunch more have poured in. Um, I, I really don't know what to think of it. I mean, like the, the late JC Johnson, like I remember listening to a show of his one day and I couldn't even tell you which one it was. I know that he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he did. He was a very interesting man, but he had a show that I listened to one time and it was, a, you know, he was saying like these people will basically to just to put it in a nutshell, like they make a deal somehow and they, transform but then they get stuck and and that's what he said and and i remember in the show he was talking about like it's like he was putting it in layman terms like hey you know they go and they they stalk around someone's property and they can't change back and then you know the, then they they'll they'll communicate with someone they know and be like hey it's me harvey you know mm-hmm. he just used that word that name i remember him saying something like that and it's like don't shoot me I'll keep trespassers off your property and whatever, you know, I'm stuck like this. Yeah, so they make a, it's, it's kind of like what you're saying is they're making a Faustian deal with the devil. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how he said and that, they they cross, that there's some sort of deal that they made. And they cross the devil, so guess what? You cross the devil, you're boof. You're or staying they just in can't change back. For that's reason. true. I mean, it, it's really interesting that I'd never heard that, actually. I'm going to have to go dig and find you got to go back and look at He, he did a lot of different work. interviews, and he was very, uh, like, he didn't really care what people thought. You know, it's like if, if you didn't believe him, you didn't believe him. He was just speaking what he believed were his truths, and he believed mm-hmm. that it, that the Native Americans could do that, but that there was a European element that could do it, too. Uh, and I know that, in particular, the, the Vikings and the Celts had a very, very strong shapeshifter beliefs. And uh, so anyways, Chris, 
any any you just whatever else you want to say let's just let's move along here i just thought that that was very interesting yes what you said um about the whole being ill and feeling like a, a sense of foreboding or dread so to speak absolutely <clears throat> excuse me but yeah abs- yeah definitely it was a very it was a very interesting experience, I will say. And for me, as someone who's never really talked about experiences because I've never really had them before, but now I'm having them, whether because of what I'm doing as a researcher or because of just the sake being that there is something there, you know. But I believe it is the sake of the latter of that. But anyways, um, you, you mentioned about Europe and the whole mythology, well, at least with Vikings and whatnot, but I, it's interesting because there is a, in the European case that I've covered, but it's, it's a very, it's timid. It's, it's, it's one of those cases, but there is breakthrough results with it, which personally have been very effective, which has worked. And what I mean by this is that I'm talking about a case where I insisted the help of two other researchers that were trying we were basically through the work of social media helped a woman get a dogman off her property wow and this is a case that I had originally mentioned on Vic's show for his 200th but I never specified necessarily on the continuation of what happened afterwards because there was a lot that happened. So I'll give you guys the rundown and I'll tell you what we had done and the results. So Please do, brother. Lay it on us. This woman, since October of 2017, had had activity. So from currently now, which is the 30th of April, from... 2017 all the way up to now so close to almost two years so approximately in that case you have literally two and a half years almost of just pure like activity from various and little stuff too this started as a simple light bulb taken out of a socket outside they have this interesting looking like and this is in south yorkshire by the way I just want to make that clear. This is in South Yorkshire. I'm, I cannot specify where exactly in South Yorkshire, but that is where it's at. What I will say, though, is that the activity that had occurred, at first it started very small, light bulb being taken out. Then it started to get a little interesting. The bumper of the, the caravan that the family owned, the bumper and the converter were completely ripped from its hinge and was left outside with claw marks. There's photographic evidence I can showcase with you guys that shows that and you could see it. So the thing is, is that when you're looking and what I'm looking at, this converter was pulled along with the bumper and then there's claw marks on the converter which convinces me that it's not like a bear, if there's any bear in the area, it's not like a, an animal that has a thick cut that are similar to like a bear, but a, like a wolf mark almost. You can't tell me that that is your normal zoological creature doing that. So 
a little while after that incident, you have the family constantly having on and off events. I'm not going to give away too much. All I'm going to say simply is, is that the activity got so heavy that there was apparently a situation that occurred last year where this creature had gotten a stone and started ripping small parts off of this giant stone wall and had gotten a stone, a specific, a small piece and threw it through their window. And for some people out there that think that dogmen just go ahead and just look through windows and stuff. And in my opinion, that right there is, is a scenario that that's pretty heavy. Like that just shows how violent these things are. This, this woman also had set up surveillance cameras. We have photograph stills of what appears to be a creature staring right next to the caravan. And that's pretty interesting stuff, which I could showcase to you guys because that there, there is activity on our property. We also have another claw marks and everything like that, footprints. So this woman had a lot of activity. So I was throwing a little bit of advice there and there. But I realized that my advice wasn't strong, that my solutions weren't working. So I enlisted the help of two other researchers whom I've interviewed and have spoken to. And these researchers, we both, we all sat down, we all did a group chat and talked to this woman who had had the encounters. We talked about the history. Now... I'm going to just throw this out here, and for some people who might not quite understand it, I'll try to do it best summarize. Maybe you guys may have heard of this theory before, but when creatures like dogmen whom have a mena pick up on negative fumes, like cologne fragrances, and even like dirty old food well food you know something that can attract you know for nutrient or whatever however they food or go through anything like that but also just sound of or, or sense of just like blood and stuff and or basically what we were narrowing down here was the lifestyle of how this individual was running her life we changed her lifestyle around when it came to Certain uses such as, you know, a garden that was once not really usable, use the garden, make a garden out of it or make something nice, make it look beautiful or something like that. Now, I know that sounds a little odd and off-centered, but what I'm saying is the activity that has occurred, it was under the impression the way the lifestyle of this individual was running it was what was triggering this dog man to have a negative reaction from picking up on negative smells to the way the place was basically overlooked and for how they were living their lifestyle. Because you would think that this creature would follow where this woman lives. Her, fa her, her mother lives in the same area. But how the, mo the, the mother lives her lifestyle, it's like... They wouldn't follow. So what I'm saying is you say that these creatures could easily follow even if it's from a small distance. So the way she was running her lifestyle wasn't the way this creature was agreeing and picking up on the perimeter. 
and that, that some and I even thought this too that maybe there was backstory or history at this place that would attract this creature that wasn't the case which was unfortunate because the whole theory behind that which was given by these two researchers really were to me confusing and it is a confusing sense but it's because of what we said maybe and it sounds like something you'd hear on like like the HD TV channel you know like literally we just the whole lifestyle thing the way she would do normal day activities to change them around and for some reason after this incident everything after the beginning of this year things calmed down there was not a single sighting of this creature on her property but here's the other thing though where she lives there's activity all throughout so whether other people are going through the same thing and it's the way it's being lived throughout the village or something because there's people on the community form of that village reporting missing animals missing there's a case of, of just a whole bunch of uh, missing animals and people reporting almost getting sideswiped by something's throwing rocks around this area and there's a few villages around this place but still so that's basically the case of the South Yorkshire incident I'm working on. And I've spoken to several people who've commented about North Yorkshire, West, and it's it's a lot. So if you guys have taken that in and understood it, you know, feel free to ask away if you have any questions about it because it's, it's a little confusing. But that's kind of what was the gist of what that case we can do, which was to simply get – what was appeared to be tough at first, we were able to, it somehow worked and we've given updates and the place and everything looks fine. There's no source of activity on her property. So whether it was because of what we insisted on everyday lifestyle, and that's what it's come down to where it just stopped showing up, but it still lurks in the area clearly. Well, if I may, Chris. Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> this is this is this may sound strange. May some people may poo poo it, but you know you you people have watched. You can watch a lot of these movies about the old West, right? When the settlers were moving west and they come across Indian land, Native Americans, right? And you think about the Native Americans. They had their way of life. They had their lifestyle going, right? And now you've got, you know, European settlers moving into their area. Now, granted, you know, we're always told through history that a lot of these settlers, you know, suffered this bad, you know, this this bad experience living near them and they'd leave or whatever the case may be. But then it's something that you seldom ever hear about how certain one settlers moved into an area near these Native Americans that had their own lifestyle and everything else. And they came in, settled, and started doing things that would not upset the balance of how they were living. Um, just to give an example, I don't know if anybody's watched that that uh, series called Outlander. It's on stars. It's really good. Anyways, but in that, in one part, when they're in, you know, colonial America, they are 
living in the same area with, I believe it was uh, the Iroquois. And in order to live in harmony, well, these, you know, the, the settlers did certain things that was, you know, like, for example, put up certain signs or do certain things near rivers and areas so that way the Iroquois that would come through that area could see that hey these people are friendly we know that there is a you know there, there's white people over there living right down this you know mile away or whatever and but they're friendly with us so we're not going to bother them they know we're in the area so on and so forth in regards to this to you know to the dogman this activity that potentially the whole lifestyle thing you 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 proposed you and those other guys makes sense what she was doing may not have been conducive to what that dog man likes. And, and we have to, we have to take into consideration that they have human level intelligence so that if they have human level intelligence due to all the anecdotal reports of people and how they react to them, they have that level of intelligence. Then they're going to have their idiosyncrasies about them that, that, that they will not budge on. You know, they're going to expect this, this, and that because, in a sense, they're seeing these people encroaching on their property or land, if you will. So the lifestyle change, to me, makes perfect sense just because of the fact they have the, the, the ability to think at, at a human level. And she changing, you know, her changing her lifestyle and not doing certain things and everything else, they find pleasing and enough to where they're like, okay. They, they, they straighten their act up. We'll, we'll just let them know that we're still in the area, but we don't need to bother them anymore because they're not, for lack of better words, dirtying up our, our you know, our range, our land that, that, that we hunt in or whatever the case may be. That, that to me, makes perfect sense. I, I got a question for you, Chris. You, you were talking about the, the lifestyle changes, the things that needed to be done. This was all physical, right? There was nothing uh, spiritual, metaphysical, like, and in, in, that needed to be. This creature was, to you, and for all intents and purposes, a flesh and blood being. It had nothing to do with witchcraft or with any sort of uh, supernatural element, no sort of paranormal element to it. It was just a, fl a flesh and blood being. Personally, I believe that what I, what from what I was told, because this was all written to me through messenger so i only had a glimpse of it through another perspective so i can only theorize what i believed what to be from the reports i feel that if it was something that was a spiritual type vibe i feel it would have done something a whole lot more damage than what it was initially, or at least it would have gotten to that point. It's hard to tell in a sense because I don't know really what it was or what could have been dealt with. If anything, it sounds to me like it was, and this is just from the past year and a half, just simply reading this uh, individual's report of what she was dealing with. And at the end of the day, I think what she was having on her property was a hundred percent flesh and blood. And I feel that in a sense too, though, that if it was supernatural, there would have been elements to me that would have just stood out 
for example, such as the tampering of the surveillance footage, there would be something to me I'd feel would deliver an electrical vibe that would remove, that would make it sound like there's something going on or just tamper with it to make it sound like it's it has an error or can't play this footage. You know what I'm saying? Something that would pamper or make it like if the creature was appeared on a surveillance camera or something around that margin. There was a case, there was a situation that she had mentioned to me that the, the webcam or the surveillance camera, whatever you want to call it, was moved briefly to the side. So that can leave out to me, I don't think it would simply supernatural present like make it move. It could if it truly did, but a lot of what I had seen or from when it came to photos and from when it came to just the vibe of what she was telling me, I don't think it was supernatural at all. Or it was uh, – I feel it was just a flesh and blood creature. One that, much like Sal had mentioned, when it came to the land, the respect of the land, just looking out property-wise. So, are you saying that this thing was, like, offended by the aesthetics of the property? I mean, personally, I don't... Like, I don't want to make it sound like... Because it it, it sounds like, you know... what could cause all that necessarily or make it sound like it's a little goofy in a sense, but I don't know personally what I know is, is that if it was in a sense and that's what was going on because of that, then maybe 80% of encounters or people who deal with these things on their property, that that could be the solution. We don't know that because those people Either A, haven't really come forward with it or haven't thought about it. I got got something for you. There's a story that I was given years ago by a relative of mine, and this happened supposedly down in central Mexico. This relative of mine was from northern Mexico, but she married someone and lived in in central Mexico. Uh, This was like a long time ago, and this would have been actually one of my ancestors. It was like my... What, over 100 years ago? Yeah, maybe? it was a story that my great aunt gave me mm-hmm. about her aunt. Oh, oh okay. okay. So this was like somebody from way back. Yeah. And they believed very strongly in the whole shapeshifter aspect of it. The lechusa is a very real thing to them, which is a bird with a human head. Yeah. Like, yeah, or it could become an owl. It's a witch, <clears throat> a bruja, if you will. And then, of course, there is also an element of it's like – um like I was saying about the jaguar-headed men, you know, there's these different types of entities. This was somebody who had a dispute with someone else, a property dispute. This guy owned a, a ranch, and he had a lot of cattle. And he married someone uh, who this other lesser well-to-do landowner was jealous because he wanted his son to marry this particular female from another family. And so my great, great, great aunt, I guess she'd be whatever was, was, I guess she witnessed this or whatever. And this, so this wolf like entity began to appear. And 
around the property and began to destroy the property, began to tear things up and began to uh, devour animals. It, it destroyed cattle. It, it killed chickens. It didn't drive them into the poorhouse. This wasn't like the Hernandez Ranch. This wasn't like all these other things. We've heard about these ranches where these dogmen or wolfmen, whatever, can literally just destroy your life. This thing was more of a pest, of a nuisance. And, of course, the ranchers were convinced that this was a the work of black magic. Mm-hmm. And, and that's another, another reason why this story has not been told on Vic's show, because when presented with these kind of stories, Vic usually doesn't, you know, no, Vic sticks to what he people... sticks to. It's a flesh and blood creature. Yeah, that's what um, Vic does. Which, like I said, with me, I'm I'm kind of mixed feelings about it because, you know, I I don't see why a Sasquatch or a Dogman, a flesh and blood creature, would really care about the property and it, how it looked, unless it was it was some sort of like, uh, like there was they were leaving garbage out or something like that was attracting them. That's because that will attract animals, any kind of animals. Because I've actually worked on a property that was completely overrun by raccoons. And they would actually, I would sit down outside of my truck and I would I would sit up on the deck. Because they had a really nice deck and there was actually a little creek out behind it. And and so I would sit out there and it was kind of peaceful until dark. And, and then I would just kind of go back to my truck. But these raccoons would come up and pull on your pant leg. I mean, they were so ridiculous, They and they started to try to break into the property, and oddly enough, I figured out that they were the culprits. They, they thought that somebody was trying to break into their trailer. Well, mm. it was the raccoons. They were it, looking for something. I figured scrounge. it out. No, I, I, I solved the case. I mean, yeah. it was like, I told the property owner, I said, I can keep taking your money, but you're guarding against raccoons, and it's because you're leaving garbage out. Your Your workers are literally you know, leaving wrappers and stuff and they're leaving it with the tools and they're digging through the tools and it looks like somebody's coming and taking stuff and throwing them everywhere and moving things around. It's not vandalism and it's not people breaking in, it's raccoons. And and it was it was it was so crazy when I figured it out. And so anyways, we had another couple guards that had them jump up on their lap. I mean, you know, and raccoons carry rabies, so that's that's scary, you know. But the, the I, I'm I'm getting off subject here, but I'm just using that as an example. Like like that's just an animal. That's what an animal will do. If it is literally just a flesh and blood animal, it's going to be attracted to certain aspects of your lifestyle, like how you how clean you are will, would attract it. But if you're just talking about the aesthetics of the property, like it doesn't like that your yard is unkept, you know that to me smacks of like someone actually using this entity to create havoc for someone they don't like. Like maybe you like this sounds kind of kind of odd and maybe even a little too simplistic, but like a neighbor is not liking you, so they summon something to attack your your property. You know that that speaking in in, in strictly the the supernatural, you know realm on that. You know that's that's been part and parcel of, you know, a lot of Mexican folklore and everything else. You know, neighbor doesn't like the other neighbor that moved in. And so, you know, we'll put a curse on them type deal and do, do black magic. When you look at it for, you know, on, on the side of or through the lens, should I say is a better choice of words. You look at it through the lens of, of looking at a flesh and blood creature that has human level intelligence. The possibility is there that they could not like what they're doing on their property just because it's not pleasing to them. And along with. 
along with you know the the trash i would venture to say that they would enjoy the trash kind of being out there because they can rummage through it and see if there's any food uh, flesh and blood creature you know you you won't get raccoons come around very much unless there is a potential food source around where you're at and if you're not living very clean and leaving trash everywhere well you can bet you're going to get all the critters come around mm-hmm. skunks and, and and these dog these dogmen in that respect you know they are uh primal in that particular sense and but they display a human level type intelligence so the potential's there. I, I would never discard that particular option that, that this particular creature did not like what they saw. Just be, just just on that simple fact that, that they do display human-level intelligence. But realistically, do we know? No, but what she did put into place, that, that plan of action, you know, definitely got her you know, relieved of, of, of having to deal with all these interactions with that dog, man, because obviously it was, you know, a physical being that went over there and ripped off that bumper and, and everything else. And then the unscrewing of the light bulb, you know, if she's never had any real paranormal activity on that property. And then all of a sudden, you know, a light bulb start, you know, starts out with a light bulb being unscrewed. Well, Wolf has done a few stories on uh, a Vic's channel in regards to the um, a dog man unscrewing a light bulb, so it, it's you know it, it's really first of all it's great that she got it all under control, and and second you know I'm not I would I would I would say that yeah because of the fact they display human level intelligence, and that could possibly be what you know, they liked or disliked and she fixed it and there you are. The activity slowed down. So, I mean, there's so many things because there's so many unknown factors about a dog, man. Well, this particular entity that was doing this in Mexico, from what I remember, the story was just, which the way it was relayed to to her was that, that eventually they sought out a priest, you know, and the problem was solved. Eventually, it came out that that person had used, uh, you know, black magic, black brujeria. Magic. So I guess a brujeria, and then they had a culandero come in and heal everybody or whatever. Every, you know, and the day was saved by the healer or whatever. And that, that was also a pseudo priest, I think, is what it was, but not quite. It was like a culandero. Yeah, the curandero. But, but it was more like, a, you know, like I guess a man of faith or whatever. Um, but the thing that gets me about the whole story is that it is it is very reminiscent of you know what goes on mexico is steeped in things like that and so someone will offend someone and then they use magic and of course an entity appears in some shape or form and wackiness ensues and then somebody has to put it down well that to me though you know and like i said we go back to jc johnson saying that about these people messing with these things that you know that they seek out this magic and then they, they shape shift and then, but then, you know, mistakes happen and they're stuck, you know? And so then they become a, whatever, a completely flesh and blood entity that's running around out there. And of course people will say, well, I, I've seen so many things like how they said that there's, it just takes an enormous amount of energy to do something like that. And I'm like, how could you really know? Because there's no way to really, you know, the world that we, that we know, I think it's not as cut and dry as we think it is. It's illusory in a lot of ways too. And so 
who knows what's really going on. That story you said is very interesting in, in the way that someone's lifestyle and, and the way that they were keeping their property invited this this creature. It's just, I don't know, maybe they offended someone. I mean, is that possible, Chris? I mean, you know more about it than we do. Or we, we're speculating here, but is that possible? Well, I thought of two things. The thing is, is that the, when this case was presented to me at first, I just thought of it as just a simple maybe fascination with electronics because there is a tendency where people have had reports of lights being knocked out or something like that in reference, like Christmas lights even were pulled during one winter encounter I received. And it, I felt it was just maybe... I feel the history of the area in general and the fact that what was mentioned about land, could it possibly just like, it's like, this is territory and it's in their sense, disrespectful, or it was indeed something that I feel was about her, whether it was bloodline or something about her in general that it was attracted to that felt that it was like okay like like a connection almost but a certain type of connection of whether it was a change of lifestyle or about them for whatever the case may be i still don't know because i wasn't there i don't really know the sense of the place i only just see what i've been told and seen through photographs one thing though if i may chris um we cannot discount on the dog man, okay, one thing we cannot discount is the fact of all of the abilities it has, i.e., you've got a dog man, average dog man that, you know, we hear about seven to eight feet tall, okay, um, canine head. Well, like I've said before many times, you've got the, you've got the smelling ability of a canid. Uh, and I'm a firm believer that wolves have a sharper smell, sense of smell, than, than our domesticated dogs do. Their hearing, same thing, way, way better than ours, can hear it at a much broader range than we can, and, and even our dogs, uh, and along with the eyesight. So the sense of smell in this case, like, you know, Josh was mentioning, you know, something, and you mentioned as well, is something about her, a, a bloodline, something intrinsic to her that they pick up they they could pick up on that they find pleasing you know it, it, again we're speculating but that's that's a possibility in the rea- and couple that with human level intelligence i mean the, the gosh we could speculate speculate on that all day but i wouldn't discount that particular fact so i i would leave that option open i think that there's a lot of researchers at this time that would like to just make this that and Sasquatch both just be just flesh and blood, hardcore physical entities so that we can eventually one day capture them, study them, classify them and make them known, you know? And I just don't feel like that's the case. I just don't, I don't, I really don't feel like we're dealing with completely flesh and blood creatures. Now I do think that maybe there may be flesh and blood creatures that are that there is a sasquatch and a dogman there may be but uh, there is definitely something else going on there there is a supernatural element to these creatures and a lot of people have discussed this you know they have talked about how they just kind of have the ability to appear and disappear uh, you know the case gets hits hits home to me 
and I would like to get her on the show at some point is my wife. Like, you know, she, that's how I met her was through the dog man thing. And she, how she, the encounter that she had was very, uh, esoteric, if you would say, I guess. Supernatural. Yeah. And, and it just, you know, I don't know what it, it, what it, what it, how to describe that. You know, I mean, all I can say about my encounter was that it was in a ditch. It stood up, ran across the road on two legs. Very physical. And then it came through the, you know, the, 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 in between the two properties, it looked like a physical flesh and blood creature. The funny thing was though, is like after it appeared by the window and then it just was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know where it went. This is a very large creature. Like it had to have been out there somewhere, Yeah, but it disappeared so quickly, you know, that like, who knows? Like, like it, maybe it walked into a portal. Maybe it, maybe it vanished. I, I have no idea. I, I just know that we get these reports all the time of these creatures there's one that a, a lady told me about in the Northeast uh, on the beach. And they have a house, you know, up in Maine and like right there, I guess, on the, on the coast, you know, there's like a, right. the shoreline and, and their house is against the, 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 the coast. And this, this wolf type creature would just walk along the beach every day and just kind of like looking down at the ground and then it would just vanish. And they reported this for like, days weeks you know this the same thing it would appear at dusk and it was like clockwork they could actually they could they invited people to look to witness this i mean this like just kept happening for years it started like back in the 70s and then it started to to kind of dissipate and then it started back up you know in like the 90s Mm -hmm. it was a very weird case and like of course you know like what do you what do you make of that what is this is this a residual haunting of a werewolf I mean, or a dog man. I mean, what what is it? Like, you can't. It's hard to put your finger on these things. This this the Serbian werewolf story that me and Hugh Sal have actually covered. We haven't released that episode yet, but um, by the airing of this, it may be may or may not be released. I don't know. It depends on how we we release it. But we covered that case. It was a case that me and my brother actually spoke to the people, and you know, it it did some very odd things, like the case uh, that Vic and me discussed on his show in San Diego. One of the rare times that Vic came out of the the non the uh, physical yeah yeah the supernatural he came out of the non supernatural and we talked about how there was forced exit but not forced entry into this woman's home that is to me just so strange and every, and the more you hear about these cases of these creatures the more it it puzzles me that that this thing targeted this person's you know home in particular just kind of puzzles me like what what you know why there's so many questions you know like like it's just it's weird man like you know and then like you said the lights that's another thing i hear a lot about is that they don't like light certain you know i I don't really get that because like you know most creatures i mean like unless it's doing something it's not supposed to be doing you know like i don't know it just seems odd to me i don't know i guess the word you're looking for on that unless it, it, it feels it's intrusive because you know you can you can watch tons of footage on how animals react to a light coming on all of a sudden you know animals wild animals in general will take off except raccoons raccoons are just yeah, raccoons <laughs> don't really care like yeah. and that's the thing too i've yeah. lit them and coyotes up with uh light you know on mm-hmm. many occasions and they just kind of keep doing what they're doing right the more accustomed they become to the light yeah, I think that's the it. less they care so the, these creatures obviously are used to to, to being in the darkness, yeah. you know. Couple that with human intelligence, and if their prime directive is to stay hidden, any type of light is going to 
you know, trigger them to say, Hey, I'm out of here. Cause this light turns on immediately. You know, you could run down, you could logically think light comes on, somebody's going to see me and then other shenanigans may ensue. I, I'm better off out of here. So, you know, there's a lot of aspects that we could, we could sit and speculate, speculate for days, brother. Day. Uh, Chris, I know that you're pressed for time. So, um, if you want to, we could wrap this up for now and we can come back to it. Hello, everyone. My name is Anthony, and I'm the editor of Paranormal Roundtable. Just letting y'all know that we will be dropping the second part of this episode with Chris Cyrus this coming Tuesday. We want to keep y'all coming back for more. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on YouTube or whatever platform that you found us on. And if you're on YouTube, there's going to be a little bell icon right next to that subscribe button. Click that, and YouTube will give you a nice little reminder every time we drop a new episode. And if you have your own encounter with the paranormal, don't be afraid to send Wolf and Sal an email at doswolfman88 at gmail.com or wolfandsal at gmail.com. Thank you to Chris Cyrus for supporting our show and for being a part of it. Thank you to all the listeners, to the subscribers for showing your support. You hit 4,000 subscribers. Thank you so much for your love and support. With that being said, good night.